Hello, this is Bernhard Karras with another episode of Be Your Own Manager, our career podcast for classical musicians. As many of you know, I've written a book together with Bettina Mene called Be Your Own Manager, which is a career handbook for classical musicians with a lot of tips and hopefully really practical tips for building up your career and especially the business side of your career. This podcast aims to be a good extension to that book. If you haven't gotten it yet, please get it and also recommend it to others if you like it. But last week I've asked you and many of our followers on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram a question. And the question was simple, saying, would you like this podcast to be focused completely on career tips for classical musicians and probably performing artists as well? Or would you also like to include some more news about performing arts? Well, the outcome was actually funny. On Twitter and on Instagram, it was very clear that people only wanted to have a podcast for career management tips. On Facebook, it was the other way around. Well, we had to take a decision and the decision is simple. This podcast will stay the career podcast for performing artists, especially classical musicians. But I hope that also dancers and actors and so on might find it interesting. And there is a new podcast out there called Haydn1791. Yes, that's Haydn like in Joseph Haydn and 1791, the year when Joseph Haydn actually came to London and when he became a music entrepreneur. And Haydn 1791 is not only a network of consultants in performing arts, but also a podcast about what's happening in the performing arts and hopefully also with some great ideas and cool interviews and lots of stuff, which might be actually also interesting to you. So if you'd like to hear more, about performing arts and the business of performing arts and new ideas in performing arts, not necessarily only career tips, check it out and subscribe to it as well. Then you have two podcasts and I hope that you get all the information which is valuable to you. But let's get going with that podcast now. In the last couple of months, I've often spoken about the customer experience of a concert goer or opera goer or theater goer. And I recapitulate that very short, just for you to capture it again. You know, put yourself in the shoes of someone who has worked eight hours, 10 hours in an office or somewhere, they rush home, they need to get changed, they might want to squeeze in a shower, but actually they just would love so much more a good meal and a glass of wine or beer with their families. But no, they have to get back into the car, rush to the city, try to find a parking space or be early enough to get a parking space in the garage next to the venue, which is actually too small for all the people who come there. And even if you might find a space, you might queue for that. Well, you made it just in time to your seat, so no drink anymore before the show actually starts. 
And then there you sit for the next two hours, not allowed to touch your mobile phone or so, because not even checking Twitter or listen to your favorite podcast like Be Your Own Manager. Luckily, there's a break in between. You have 20 minutes of freedom. But actually, the freedom is rather restricted. You have a choice to make. You either can queue for going to the toilet or you can queue for an overpriced glass of bad wine. The choice is yours. But be sure, 20 minutes later, you need to be back on your place. Just to find out that when the wonderful concert actually closed, there is no place around anymore, which serves a nice dinner or so. So you're happy to quickly grab a drink with your friends and then go home. That's the customer experience. And just compare that to the customer experience of someone going to a nice restaurant or someone going to a department store or so. If you do that, you will quickly see that customer experience is completely different and even actually museums do it now very, very differently. But what can you do as a musician to have a better customer experience for your audiences? Yes, you're limited in the things you can do because you have to negotiate that with the presenter and that's often not yourself. But just today on Facebook, I've seen a wonderful photo by the Twiolins, that's Marie-Louise and Christoph Dingler from Germany, a violin duo, and we had Marie-Louise in this podcast a couple of weeks ago. And they showed two pictures on Facebook. One was the church they played in blank, and it was very white and very boring. And then how they actually lit it up with a, just a couple of lights and made it warm and interesting. They are able to create an atmosphere which goes beyond and above their wonderful playing, which gives people a greater sensation. Another example is that, and it's not actually yet in, in classical music or in performing arts happening, but in a lot of other places. And I just came back from a trip to Barcelona and in each great hotel, top hotel you go in, you will have a kind of a different scent, a tiny little bit of a different smell. One is more soft and the other one more wooden and the next one a bit oriental perhaps and so on. Yes, you will be surprised that you will know that from department stores, but hotels also work a lot with different scents. Well, smell has actually had its introduction into the art world a long time ago. If you go to a really good museum or a really good exhibition, you won't actually realize it, but there is a very fine scent sometimes. And I can remember when I visited Neue Galerie in New York, which houses some of the most exquisite paintings of Klimt in Chile, but they also have a revolving exhibition space. And there they make sure that they not only have the right colors on the walls, the right lighting, certainly the right art, yeah, but also the right scent going with that exhibition. And I spent a couple of 
days with a friend who is totally in chocolate, into chocolate and coffee like myself. But just think about singing Bach's coffee cantata and having the smell of coffee at least in the foyers, if not even in the hall. And perhaps serving a good coffee later on. So you see, you can do very easily a lot. Another example is the wonderful singer Patricia Petitpont. I can remember when she came to the Vienna Concert House for her very first recital. And you know, Vienna is a bit stuffy, a bit conservative. So the lead audience is extremely conservative. They have listened to some of the very best singers in that world. And there comes Patricia with a little bit of costumes and a little bit of a hat here and a stick here and an umbrella there. And I first thought, oh God, the audience will hate that. But you cannot imagine how easily she actually included the whole audience in the magic of her singing and playing. It was absolutely fantastic. She singing playing with her props and so on, an amazing evening. So when you think about your next concert as an ensemble, as a soloist, your next recital, even if you do it in a little house concert, think about what you can actually add as a sensitive experience to that evening, which makes it even better for the people who come to listen. Currently, I get more and more emails about competitions. Many application deadlines are coming closer. And many of the artists I speak to personally are considering to apply for a competition, do another competition or not. Some are completely fed up with them and say never again. And some say, oh, that might be a good chance. Well, I spoke a bit about my thoughts about competitions actually in one of the early podcasts, but just to kind of wrap that up very quickly, what I said there is, I think competitions can be a good stepping stone for anyone for a couple of reasons. First of all, even if you don't win, you make great contacts among the jury. Secondly, you also can compare yourself towards your peers, which is also very helpful for your own personal feedback. But thirdly, also, you get into this stage feeling. Fourthly, if you do a competition, check with the World Federation of Music Competitions, which is in Geneva and has, I don't know, something like 150, if not more, members. And it might be good to check with them, actually, if the competition you want to do is a member or not, because the members have to adhere to certain standards which is pretty helpful. But today I want to take a bit of a different tack on competitions because one of the things you need in competitions nowadays is actually a video or often more. The first round or the pre-round is often done by videos. And that brings up a couple of questions. First of all, you need to make a video somewhere, somehow. And yes, many competitions are very particular about what kind of videos they would like to see and what kind of quality 
they would like to see too, but that's probably also up to you. The thing is that if you haven't actually done any video recordings beforehand, doing your first video for a competition will put a lot of stress on you. So if you're thinking about doing competitions, and I think you should at some point, it is good to start recording yourself and doing kind of try out video recordings yourself early on and watch them and show them to others and get the feedback of other people. Luckily in today's time it is rather easy to do that. You can do that with most smartphones even if the quality is not superb but it gives you at least a first idea. And yes, you should show these videos to your teacher, to your mentors and to your friends and ask for feedback. And then, if you find sometimes some competitions actually have the videos publicly available, you might check these videos as well to see how you compare on that. So it's important to start doing videos, getting into the process of watching it, getting it better and improving it. That has a second benefit actually, not only the training for a competition, but some of you might remember that I spoke about some of the issue, issues. Günter Pichler, the former first violinist of the Alban Berg Quartet, teaches all his students, and that is record yourself. And he because technology at that time was only audio recording, which was easy, um, or which became at least easy. So he was always speaking about audio recordings. And yes, they are really important, but doing actually recordings of you, video recordings of you playing, of your face expressions and so on, is just as important, if not more so. I heard a wonderful string quartet a couple of months ago. Wow, they were so brilliant. But to be honest, I had to close my eyes because the faces the first violinist made were so unbelievably putting me off that I couldn't watch her and listen to her. Yes, I'm sorry to say that, but that happens. And so it's good actually if you watch yourself playing early enough because if she had actually sent a video of her playing with these faces, to a competition, I don't think that any juror would have voted for her. It's pretty simple. Yeah, She might have played fantastically, but I don't think she would have gone through. And it would have been a pity because she's an excellent violinist. So get into the mood of that. And then if you actually do a recording for a competition, make sure that you have some professional help. Many universities luckily today offer actually studios and they have perfect equipment so use that and don't do it at home because also the sound quality the video quality and so on is really important and you know you're not an audio engineer you don't even know where to put a micro neither do i to be honest yeah but if you have a good sound engineer even if a young one or somebody trying out you know they know where to put the micro they know where actually to put a camera and so on that might be so much better and actually will enhance the quality of your video immensely. So I'm actually more looking forward to hearing about many finals from all those listeners out there than just getting 
the application forms for all those competitions. Go out there, win them, show what you can and be successful. Toy toy toy. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Bernhard Karras. It was a pleasure talking to you and you have listened to the latest edition of the Be Your Own Manager career podcast for classical musicians and performing artists. I hope you liked that podcast and please do share it with others. I hope it is useful. Please also send me your feedback. You find details and contact details simply on hellostage.com. Contact me with any questions you might have, with any suggestions for that podcast or otherwise. And yes, don't forget, on February 1st, I will release another three slots of free coachings for classical musicians. I do three free coachings every month. So I would love to hear from you and to have you in one of those coachings. And if you are a bit more interested in performing arts and classical music and what's happening there, please do subscribe to our new podcast, Haydn1791. Thanks so much. Till soon.